0: you're listening to the liberty grace church sermon podcast for more information visit libertygrace.ca when i was studying to be a pastor i was invited to a christian primary school and the assignment that i had was to talk about heaven i don't know about you but you can talk to adults and kind of uh, pretend like you know what you're talking about. It is very hard to talk to kids and pretend that you know what you're talking about. And so I had the assignment, basically, uh, here's a primary school class, talk about heaven. I will tell you what it was like. It was awful. <laughs> I thought it would be, I, I, OK, I know heaven is good, uh, but I had no idea how to describe it. And the thing about kids is, they know when you don't know what you're talking about and so i bombed that day i could tell them well heaven is good and as i was trying to paint an accurate picture of what heaven was like i couldn't do it and i couldn't answer any of their questions accurately they would raise their hand and they would say uh, i don't know like is it actually uh, gates of streets of gold and uh, i choked and i left from that experience i still remember uh, being on, was it was I think the school was at People's Church, People's Academy. I remember getting out on Shepherd and uh, catching a bus and feeling devastated because I knew that I should know better than I actually did that day. And here's the thing. Uh, I think a lot of us probably can relate. Uh, if I said to you, "What was heaven, what is heaven going to be like? You might know that it's going to be good. But if I were to press you on the details of what it's going to be like, I have a feeling, that a lot of us likewise would choke. And it's important that we do know what heaven is like. We're only alive for a very short time on Earth. Uh, the thing, I don't know if you've sensed this, does anybody wonder how did we get to August already? Like this week is August in a couple of days. Time goes very quickly on Earth. Uh, the, somebody mentioned to me today the book 4,000 Weeks, the whole idea that you only have 4,000 weeks. If you live an average lifespan, 4,000 weeks on this earth, uh, somebody said that they took that and put it on a, a chart of each of your weeks or even each of your days, and you can fit your whole life on a sheet of days and think, we don't have much time to live. You are made to actually have a longing for more. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're meant to think about heaven. It's supposed to get you through this life, which can be very hard. But here's the thing, it's very hard to hope for something you don't know much about. So has anybody ever said, had a vacation planned for a place you don't know nothing about? And you're like, are you looking forward to something? And you're like, no, because I I don't know anything about it. I know I'm going there, how can I be excited about it because I know nothing about it? We need an accurate picture of heaven if it's going to sustain us through the difficulties of life, if it's actually gonna be the hope that all of us have for what's gonna come. Uh, as you know, we most of you know, we're in this uh, series through the Bible, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We're in the part of the story right now uh, the, of the prophets that spoke in uh, basically the, the part of the Old Testament where the, there were two nations, Israel and Judah. And there was a prophet named Isaiah who wrote 2,700 years ago. Now, today we're in the second part of Isaiah, which is significant, because the first part of Isaiah is negative. Uh, Chapters 1 to 35 has a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of warnings for God's people. But the second part of Isaiah, chapters 40 to 66, gives us a lot of hope. The end of Isaiah gives us a beautiful picture of God's promises in the middle of our problems and sin. And today we're living in this, the idea that there is a hope, there is a future, that God hasn't given up on us, that he has a future for his people. And that he will bring the restoration that we need. And in today's passage, God gives us a glimpse of what we're waiting for. And so my goal is to just walk through it. Uh, there's two descriptions of what we can expect for our future. My goal today is to uh, get us thinking about accurately about what's to come. And then my bigger goal is not just to portray what's going to come, but to actually get you looking forward to it a little bit. So here we go. What is our future-like. You're gonna like this because there's two descriptions that Isaiah gives us. And here's the first part of the description. It will be a place of joy. It will be a place of joy. So I know we just read it, but I wanna read it again. Uh, verses 17 to 19 of Isaiah 65. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And pause right there, like I want you to notice you notice know what Isaiah says here? This is God speaking through Isaiah. I will create new heavens and a new what? Somebody. Earth. Why do we always talk about heaven? Uh, there's a re- I guess there's a reason. We'll get to that in a minute. Heaven is going to be our temporary. When you die, you'll go to heaven unless Jesus comes back. But it's interesting that he says, not just a new heavens, but a new earth. That's going to be important here. And then he says, And the former thing shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad of my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. So notice a couple things. First, Isaiah says that God will create a new heavens and a new earth. The new creation will not mean the end of the earth. And that's so important because if you think, oh, one day we're going to, uh, you know, in the future, we're going to be like floating around in clouds. You know, we have this picture of heaven being somewhere out there. But, um, has, have any of you ever looked forward to the day when you get to float in clouds? Has there ever been anyone who's like, "That's going to be so awesome"? Besides Godfried, the new creation does not mean the end of the earth. It actually means the uh, recreation of the earth. We need to get the, uh, rid of the idea of a disembodied floating existence somewhere out there think about the recreation of the world except as it should be i love what michael whitmer says what michael whitmer has written a whole book about this called heaven is a place on earth he writes books basically with 60s uh i think 60s and 70s songs one of the songs is like heaven is a place on earth and here's what he says uh, he's a theologian and this is so important the christian hope is not merely that someday we and our loved ones will die and go to be with jesus somewhere Instead, the Christian hope is that our departure from the world is just the first leg of the round-trip journey. We will not remain forever with God in heaven because God will bring heaven down to us. If you read Revelation, it, says, uh, it talks about uh, God bringing heaven down to earth. In other words, our future, you will, when you die, your body will be whatever, incinerated or buried. Your soul will be with the Lord, But when Jesus comes back, we will return to earth. We will, our bodies will be raised, our souls will come down, and we will live on this new earth, which is amazing. And what's it going to be like? Isaiah says, the former thing shall not be remembered or come to mind. Think about the most painful thing that has ever happened to you. Think about the thing that if I were to talk about it today, that you would find it hard. You would probably have to leave the room. Ray Ortlund says this, paraphrasing what Isaiah means here, about five seconds into the new world, you and I will turn to each other and say, cancer, terrorism, what are they again? I can't seem to remember, no matter, here we go. I can get behind that. I'm sitting here thinking of a Todd who sat often right here and missing him, he died. I went by his uh, townhouse the other day and was thinking, how bad it is that we've lost him. And he died of inoperable cancer. Well, the minute Todd got home, it's like, what was that? Yeah, cancer. I died of cancer. Big deal. I'm with Jesus. The former things will not be remembered anymore. But that's not even the best part. Think about that. The worst parts of your life, gone forever, not remembered. They'll still be there, but it won't be, it'll just be like, yeah, did that even happen to me? But here's, even a better part it's not just a place where bad things are forgotten because like let's face it we could get dementia and get that right we don't need just forgetting the bad things but it will also be a place of joy verse 18 says i create jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness what will your state be in the new earth god says i will make the new earth jerusalem specifically a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. Uh, It says that uh, Jerusalem will be the center. Now, what does that mean? Uh, We could argue about that. I have thoughts, you have thoughts. But what he's saying is basically Jerusalem was like where God dwelt uh, at that time. It was like the footstool of heaven on earth. And God is saying, I'm going to make Jerusalem the center of where I dwell on this earth, it's going to be filled with joy. On the new earth, we will get what we need most, God. And it will make us very, very happy. It will be what we've longed for all this time. The new creation will be a place of inexpressible joy. There's a concept out there, I don't think I've ever preached about it, but maybe one time, it's called the beatific vision. I don't know if you've ever heard of the beatific vision before. And here's an illustration, I think, that, um, at least helps me to understand it. Char sure, went away a couple of years ago to Phoenix for a week. And uh, it was like, I remember dropped her off at the airport and then, uh, you know, came back home and I looked at my watch and it's like, oh man, she's been gone forever. It's been, oh yeah, she's been gone an hour, right? And it's like, I got a whole week of this coming up. Anyway, the week dragged on and on and on and on and she's down there. And uh, eventually the day comes, she's coming home. And I remember going to Pearson, and uh, you know the, the sappiest place where all the movies are shot, right? You're there, and every time the door opens, everyone's waiting, and it's like, uh, you feel like a dog, right? Well, you know, with a dog standing by the door, and the door opens, and it's like, I can't believe it. And then, So I'm sitting there, the door opens, it's not Shar. the door opens, it's not Shar. and you're there like, every time, it's like, the next one's going to be Shar. Well, eventually it was Shar. she walks through. And, All my longings for that week of I need to see her face were in that moment fulfilled. And she came down and uh, instantly she saw me. She broke down in uh, tears. And I, of course, was manly and didn't break down in tears. And I think I've cried too. Um, And it filled me with joy to see her face again. Now, I want you to think about that. That's just being absent from Char for a week. The beatific vision says, you know if somebody you love and just seeing them makes you feel better? Uh, it's like your problems can be just insane and you see them and instantly you feel better. The beatific vision is this idea that we were made to long for God so much that the day that we see him, it will be just like, that is what I've been waiting for my whole life. All, the, all my life I've been searching for this and now I have it. I've been looking for it in career, in romance and everything and we'll see god and it will make us so deeply fulfilled that it will just be it will be enough to keep you going for eternity imagine what it would be like on that day the longing of our hearts for eternity we will finally see jesus and realize it's what our souls have been aching for all along jonathan edwards hundreds of years ago wrote and by the way if you ever are interested in this if you ever want to be thinking about what heaven's like Go home and Google beatific vision and find a good art, a few good articles and it will blow your mind. But Jonathan Edwards says this, after we've had the pleasure of beholding the face of God for millions of ages, it will not grow a dull study. The relish of this delight will be as exquisite as forever. It's like, you know when you eat a dessert and the first bite is amazing and the second bite diminishing returns, right? And then the 10th bite, you're like, my stomach's sick. It will be like for... A million, million years. It will just be as awe-inspiring and beautiful as the first moment. Your soul will still be as deeply satisfied as forever. We'll never get tired of looking at our Savior. It will fill us with continual joy. And it will result in perfect and permanent happiness. I think that's part of the reason why the former things will be forgotten. It's like, yeah, those problems. But look at Jesus, right? Like, those problems, what were they? They were nothing. Look at Jesus. And That's the first thing Isaiah tells us. What will the new earth be like? Joy. We won't remember any of the bad things that happened. We will see Jesus, and it will make us permanently perfectly happy for the rest of eternity. Um, by the way, what's the main attraction of the new earth? Jesus. Like, what will make us happy most of all? It won't be the mansions. It won't be the, um, all the, you know, well, like, all that will be cool, but it will be Jesus. It'll be like, that is what I've been looking for my whole life. That's the first thing Isaiah tells us. That's what you have to look forward to. It is an eternity of joy. But the second thing he tells us, and he uses imagery here, is not only will it be a place of joy, but it will be a place of restoration. So a place of joy and a place of restoration. What frustrates you? Uh, I think about some of the things that frustrate you. Is anybody here frustrated by infant mortality? I hate little coffins. I hate little coffins. If you go to a, as I have, I've done many funerals, I've never buried an infant before, but if, when I see a picture of an infant coffin, I, I detest infant coffins. I hate them. What detests you? Short lifespans. Um, what makes you frustrated? Short lifespans make me frustrated. I hate when somebody is cut down in their prime. I hate it. Uh, I also hate people not being able to enjoy the things that they thought they would. Um, I was talking recently with somebody who's part of a peer group, and they all lost their businesses in the same financial downturn, and they were all like, basically realizing like, uh, our parents were all the same Like, in the financial crisis. They all lost their businesses. Like, I hate that. I hate that uh, good, honest business people, through no fault of their own, through a financial crisis, lose their livelihood and lose what they've been all this year, uh, all this time they've been building. I hate that. Um, I hate the conflict in Ukraine. I hate, uh, I hate all of it. What frustrates you? Well Isaiah gives us a picture of all the things that rob us of our joy, that we hate, and he flips them. Now some of these are gonna be a little bit confusing as you go through them, because you're gonna say, wait a minute, it's gonna say like uh, a young man is gonna to live to, like a sinner is gonna to live to 100, that's gonna be considered a short life. And you're gonna be there saying, wait a minute, I thought we lived forever in heaven. Well, what Isaiah is doing is taking pictures of our life here and flipping them on their heads. He's not saying people will die at an age of 100. He's just saying like, he's just taking things that we see down here and saying, that's not gonna be the case in heaven. It's gonna be way, way better. So let me go through the examples he gives here. And he's basically talking about everything wrong with this world is going to be restored. So premature deaths, gone. It says, no more shall there be in it an infant who lives for just a few days. Every child. And again, you're like, are there kids being born in heaven? Remember, Isaiah's is just giving us a picture of the things that suck here. They won't be present there. That's what he's saying. No more infant mortality. Or, and there won't be any old man who does not fill out his days. You look at somebody, how old was he? 55. He died, that's so young. Isaiah says, that won't be the case then. There won't be anybody who dies prematurely. For the young shall die 100 years old. Uh, again, he's, say, he's not saying that there will be death. Uh, later on, Scripture tells us there won't be death. But he's saying here, like if somebody lives to 80, it's like, oh, like still short. Like a lot of people live to 80 or 90. Then it's going to be like 100 years old is going to be considered a short life spine. You're just getting started. A sinner 100 years old shall be accursed. What he's saying here is, the power of old age and death will be abolished. Can I get an amen to that? It drives me crazy. Uh, Char and I, uh, I love the people who've come to our church. One of the people who came to our church for a while was a professional wrestler. Um, She was uh, this close to making the Olympic team, and uh, at the last minute, she was subbed out. And uh, she would talk to us, and she'd be saying, like, I can't handle this wrestling anymore. I'm getting so old. Like, I'm 23 now. Uh, My body doesn't recover like it used to. So man, I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy here. Come on. The power of old age and death will be abolished. A 23-year-old will not be saying, like, I'm not as good as 18-year-olds. The 30-year-olds will not be saying, yeah, like, we will not struggle with this. Premature ends to things. I hate how summer goes so quickly. I hate that we were on vacation, and every day, I mean, I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to see you. But I hate the end of vacations. Like, I want... I want it all, right? I want to see you and I just want vacations all the time as well. I hate that I'm leaving, I hate that the countdown is on for a transition in my ministry. I hate that so much of life is temporary. I hate those evenings that I'm out with friends and we're having a blast. I hate the fact that somebody's got to look at their watch and say, it's getting late, we've got to go. That won't happen in the new creation. There won't be any sense of like, Look at the time. This is amazing, but it, it's cut short. It says here, they shall build houses and inhabit them. In other words, uh, there won't be any sense of like, man, like I built this house and I only got to live there a year because plans changed and I had to move. No, you get to enjoy what you've done. Uh, they'll plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. You know that feeling of like, I've worked so hard for that. And then it just slipped out of my hands. Somebody else has got it now. They don't even appreciate it. I worked so hard for it, and now it's gone. Uh, The days of a tree shall be like the days of my people. I'm reading about these trees that last like thousands of years old. It's amazing. I'm reading a book right now about trees. It's more interesting than it sounds. And it's amazing, like the trees that live, like you're looking at them going, these have seen, like that tree might've seen George Washington go by. Like that's crazy. And Isaiah says, this is going to be like everyone. My chosen shall enjoy the work of their hands. By the way, this is also cool. I used to think that heaven would be a permanent vacation. But as some of you have been on vacations, and after a while, don't you miss your work, the good parts of your work? You don't miss the bad parts of your work. But if you're a composer, you're like, I just need to compose music. If you're, uh, I don't know what you do, but... There's part of you that's like, I just want to do the parts of the job that I love to do. Well, in heaven, this new earth, we'll get to do it. And it will not be frustrating. We'll actually get to enjoy the things that we love to do. And it won't be uh, like no writer has ever written something and said, that's it. That's perfect. We will get to do that there. Uh, No person has ever painted a picture and said, nailed it. Like, that's exactly what I wanted. But it says there, we'll be able to enjoy the work of their hands. Nothing will be temporary. We won't have to try to hold on. The gifts that God gives us will get to enjoy world without end. God's gifts will be durable. Do you ever feel like your work isn't as good as you want it to be? Do you ever feel like things are really fragile? No matter how good things are, that things can change? Well, verse 23 says, they shall not labor in vain. In other words, there won't be any wasted effort. There won't be like that was a good try, you just wasted three days but you didn't get the client. Like, or that was whatever, that, that would a bomb, like you've just wasted your time. You won't labor in vain. You won't bear children for calamity. Uh you won't have to wonder, like, is this a safe world? They shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord, their descendants with them. And I love this. Do you ever feel like God is distant? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That he's keeping his distance from you. Verse 24 says, before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will hear. A few years ago, Shar and I went to Sandals in Jamaica. Somehow we got a butler. Uh, I've never had a butler before. I've tried to hire one in Toronto, it just doesn't work out, you know, I haven't tried. We had a butler for a week in Sandals. And the thing that I loved about the butler, it's kind of uncomfortable, right? You're like, I feel like I should be wearing a top hat or something. Um, the thing about having a butler is they're like, we failed you if you have to ask us for something. They're like, basically, we would be lying on the beach and they would be like, we thought you might be thirsty. And so before you even thought that you were thirsty to ask for a drink, here's your drink. And that's what Isaiah is saying here. Before we even think to ask God for something, God will have already said, I've got it. He will be way ahead of us. Uh, He will hear us while we're still speaking. Again, do you ever get sick of war? Do you ever get sick of the conflict in this world. And it says, the wolf and the lamb will graze together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. That will be like a nice, come over here, lion. Like, let's pet this lion. It's gonna be safe. The dust shall be the serpent's food. Uh, they shall not hurt or destroy in my holy mountains says the Lord. We will have joy, fullness of life, security, rewarding work, fellowship with God, and peace. In other words, notice how many of the things are actually very similar to life here except restored it's almost like god is saying everything that frustrates us here it's just a taste of what's coming except it's going to be way better there it's not going to be this uh floating uh weird existence Uh, it's going to be as real as the existence that you have right now only perfect it's going to be what you were made for as uh randy alcorn says just like, in, like our car is broken right now. If we got a new car, this is what Randy Alcorn says, it's gonna be a brand new car. Like ours goes through oil. It like has 310, cl- like our clutch is broken. It's like you get in the car, there's dings everywhere. If I buy a brand new car, like the best car that I wanted, if I went out and got like the perfect loaded car, it's gonna be still with four wheels, an engine transmission, a steering wheel, etc except it's gonna be completely new. And Randy Alcorn says in the same way, the new earth will have all the same components of this earth, except perfected. It's gonna be like this, only the way that it was meant to be. There's so much more you could say about heaven, but these are the two things that Isaiah emphasizes. Heaven will be a place of joy, perfect joy and restoration. Our desires will fully be satisfied We'll never feel like everything is fragile. Everything that's wrong with this earth will be fixed and we'll enjoy God's gifts without threat or danger. So here's a question. I said, part of my goal tonight is to talk about what it will be like. I know there's a lot more that could be said. This is only one passage, right? Revelation, other passages talk about other things. By the way, none of it's contradictory. It builds on this passage and expands it even more. The question is tonight, how do we respond to this? Remember I said my goal isn't just to give you an information dump of like, okay, like everyone, you understand a little bit more about what the new earth is like. I actually want to do something more, which is this. I want you to long for it. So here's a reason why. This verse has been rattling around in my brain for a while. 2 Timothy 4.8, uh, Paul writes this. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Can you imagine? Paul's like, not only do I get to enjoy perfect joy and perfect restoration, but I've served God, and on that day, God is going to say, well done, here you go. And Paul goes on to say, and not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. So here's what Paul's saying. I'm looking forward to that day. Perfect joy, perfect restoration, a crown of righteousness, not just for me, but for every Christian who's longed for his appearing, who's loved his appearing. Here's the question, Paul Paul longed for that day. It's what kept him going with all of his troubles. Paul was beaten, he's like, it's okay, new earth coming. Paul was jailed, Paul's like, okay, lock me up here. I'm like, there's a far greater weight of glory waiting for me, no problem. He was rejected, he was let down by friends, Uh, 2 Timothy, is like, everyone's deserting me. Paul's like, heaven's coming. This new earth is coming. Perfect joy, perfect restoration. Paul had this, and it kept him going through the difficulties of life. Paul couldn't wait to see Jesus. And no matter how hard life was, he's like, I can't wait. It's coming. Just a short time here, and this is coming. But here's what the question, here's what Paul says in this verse that gets me. He says, this was what kept him going, but he says, not only to me, it's not just me who gets to have this hope, but to all who have loved his appearing. Here's a question. Do you love Jesus appearing? I'm asking myself that question. Do I actually think about, man, you know what I really love? You know the thing that's keeping me going when life is hard? I can't wait for the appearing of Jesus. I can't wait for him to come back and say, now's the time for a new heaven and a new earth. The question posed to us is, is that your hope? Are you looking forward to the new creation? Isaiah and Paul are telling us, you should be. This should be the thing that keeps us going in times of difficulty. This should be the thing that we look forward to, that sustains us here and now. It's what we were made for. I can't wait for that day. My uncle uh, passed away recently, uh, one of the heroes of my life, uh, and then just recently Todd passed away. You know, can I be honest? Uh, I'm sad for those who are left behind. I'm sad for um, Todd's family that are cleaning out his townhouse. I'm sad for my Aunt Liz, who's missing her brother. But can I tell you, I'm a little bit jealous. Todd's got to see what we only long for right now. My Uncle John spent his lifetime preaching about Jesus. Now he gets to see Jesus. I, I can't wait for that privilege. I, don't get me wrong. I want to live as long as I can on this earth. I'm not ready to say goodbye to my family or whatever, but can I be honest, like, what a day that's going to be. What a day when we stand and see our Savior and it will all be worth it. I didn't do a good job at primary school that day. I get it. It's really hard to describe heaven, but Isaiah does a really good job of giving us a picture, and then Paul says, we better long for that day. This better be what keeps us going. The new creation will be a place of joy and restoration, and we're made to look forward to that day. So do you? Friends, this is what Jesus came to give you, not just forgiveness of sins, but hope, eternal hope uh, for a new heaven and earth. This is a work of restoration that Jesus does. This is why we don't like death, but we don't fear death either. And so I would encourage you, if you haven't, trust him, hope in him, live for that day. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, dream about this it will keep you going in the hardest uh, that life has to throw your way and so lord thank you for isaiah Uh, thank you for this hope that you've given us Uh, lord in this world of hardship and difficulty and frustration help us to long for that day help us to trust in jesus help us to pin our hope on his appearing knowing that on that day we'll experience what we've longed for all these years until then lord keep us walking with you. Keep us safe. Keep us faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.